This week on Pursuits, I speak to Daniela Forsyth, the Corporate Development Manager at Leicester Tigers. Daniela has worked in a variety of commercial roles in sport, starting off as a volunteer at her local cricket club. She soon got her first job for a national organisation working for Keith Prowse. She then worked for a long stint at London Wasps before making the move to Stack Sports and more recently starting at Leicester Tigers. Daniela has such a wealth of experience in the commercial side of sport and has an attitude you just can't help be impressed by. Her energy and passion for building strong, long-lasting relationships is infectious and it really has made me think a lot about the power of connection in the workplace. I really hope you enjoy listening to Daniela and you can learn more about her in the show notes. So, Daniela, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Very well. It's nice to be in the office, back in the office at long last after COVID and everything we've been dealing with over the last few months. I I cannot tell you how excited I am to be in person (laughs) and to be looking out at the Leicester Tigers pitch. Um, I can't believe it. It's Uh, in pretty decent condition. uh, Yeah, yeah, the the groundsmen, epic groundsmen are out there now doing their work, which is fantastic after a a win on Sunday, which is even better. Yeah, so... um, I am a bit of a rugby fan, so I'm just a bit excitable that Leicester Tigers are currently top, aren't they? They um, are. And, uh, Touch wood, stay there. <laughs> um, so, obviously, you are now working at Leicester Tigers, which we'll talk a bit about. Um, but can I just ask first, do you support? Do you genuinely support them? I am a rugby fan, and yes, of course, I genuinely support Leicester Tigers, and I want them to win the league, and I believe we will. Oh, I'm so pumped. Um, so, so thank you very much for for, for coming on today. Um, I, I know we've, I've been trying to track you down for a while, <laughs> um, and we've had a few COVID disasters, but we're now here and uh, I'm talking to you. But just for the listeners, just talk about the role you do at the moment um, and how long you've been at Leicester Tigers, and just a bit of a snapshot of of what it involves. Sure. Um, so I actually joined Leicester Tigers around seven, eight months ago now. So the, the very back end of last season, um, where we actually only had one live game in the stadium, which had a very a few smattering of, uh, say, fans. It was staff in stewarding uniforms because we were all pitching in. Um, so I saw that game, which was actually versus um, Harlequins. And then we played a final game as well uh, against Bristol, which was fantastic. That was with the crowd back, which was really exciting. Mm. Um, so I've, I've been there um, from that point on, and it's really been about building uh, building on the commercial strategy um, that Andrea, our CEO, has spent um, the last two years working on and pulling together, which obviously has had to change quite substantially because COVID came and uh, kind of scuppered a lot of the plans that were that were in play. Um, so yeah, it's just building really from the ground up, looking after um, the hospitality side, player sponsorships, looking at how we bring on new partners and brands on board, just to help drive the growth of the yeah. of the club. Yeah, yeah. And so, just on picking up on the point around COVID, um, how would you say what have the biggest challenges been from a commercial point of view with with COVID coming on board? I think the biggest challenges, yeah, internally and externally as well. Internally would be that face-to-face time that the team has and, you know, we've, we've got a great team here, but there's nothing beats being in the office, all banging the phones, getting that camaraderie and the collaboration, the creativity that you get 
from being face to face with the team and working together. Yeah. Um, so that has been a challenge and there's, there's bits of bobs that we put in place to try and maintain that. Mm. So we do cool focus outreach days and we try and get into the boxes and yeah, yeah. obviously COVID safe um, <laughs> yeah. and um, just have a little bit of time together to get to know each other. We were a new team yeah. um, that were coming in and equally you know, externally, I think there was a lot of hesitancy about coming back to stadiums and, yeah, yeah. and, and sports clubs and being sat in, you know, 20, with 24,000 other people is, um, it can be a bit of a challenge, but we're, we're definitely turning the corner now. Yeah, and I think, you know, looking at how well Leicester are doing and the fact that the, the, the tickets are selling out regularly now, aren't they? Yeah, and so we're, yeah, we had Twins, which was a sellout. Northampton Saints is very close to a sellout and that's not until uh, until February Bristol Wasps as well, which are the back end of the season, which is a really nice place to be. Yeah, so it's it's amazing. And so you're working in the commercial team at Tigers. What does just a normal week look like for you at the moment? Hexit <laughs> yeah. is the short answer to that. Um, I think, you know, you all know you've you worked in sport for, for, for years longer than I have. Is yeah. the sport you work to, to very short deadlines, so yeah. you have to be prepared to be flexible um, to work under time pressure, work yeah. under yeah. just mental stress and, and be able to, to kind of you know, withstand it. Um, so, you know, a general week for us at the moment, if it's a match week especially, it's about, you know, A, making sure that, you know, we're up to date on our ticketing, all of our, you know, hospitality clients in particular, they've got their itineraries, they've got their tickets, making sure that we've sold out, um, <laughs> getting those those last minute bookings in. Yeah. Um, and then the operational side as well. So actually making sure that the stadium's safe um, yeah. You know, making sure that um, we've got the right security places in place, that we've got COVID guidelines that are adhered to, um, and given that they're ever changing at the mm, moment, yeah. it, it's no easy feat. So, yeah, yeah the, the whole wider team is, you know, bathroom staff and everyone yeah. are doing a fantastic job. Yeah, wow. So it's a pretty varied role, really, for you. It is. Um, yeah, and I think that's the good thing about working at a club, but also a rugby club, yeah. because. You know, football clubs it's all very structured and you yeah. kind of know what your role is there's a there's a you know a very clear transparent um, yeah. path and roles and responsibilities whereas at a rugby club dare I say it, we're probably a couple of years behind that mm-hmm. um which means that yeah you do just get stuck in and if yeah. a job needs doing yeah. you do it and you yeah. learn on the job and you pick things up and you do work as a team yeah that's really interesting and so you're working in the commercial side at Leicester. I know you've had previous roles that are commercial roles, and generally that would that's something that you've really focused on in your career. Um, can you talk a bit about the previous roles you've done before here? Sure. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to just talk a bit about what are the key skills you think you need to be in the commercial side of sport. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've had a little bit of a... I dare I say I'm, I'm a traitor. Um, <laughs> I have worked at a rival rugby club, very rival rugby club um, in the past, which was Wasps. So that's where I've spent the majority of my career actually to date. Yeah. Um, so I worked there for, for five years, I think, um, in total. But I've also worked agency side. So I worked for an international company called Stack Sports. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, the reason I went there, which was two or three years ago now, was because I recognised that commercial assets and um, what was becoming more and more important to partners and brands that were looking to sponsor or partner with um, any club yeah. was the, the technology side, the data side of it. So it, it was 
more about how you monetize and maximize data and your fans and you know yeah. how you engage with those people that was really important so immediately before here i was i was at stat sports but i actually started out um i actually started out in a grassroots um club a little cricket club in uh Borsal common um who I, I still love dearly and still go along to and, and watch the games there um and i was there for 10 years doing all manner of things from being on the committee uh, running the bar, which um, is probably why my liver's shot. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I just kind of got into it that way. And it was it was very much from from that little cricket club um, that I got my role actually at Keith Prowse, uh, based out of Edgebaston. And it was through connections and, and people that I'd met there, yeah. um, which has kind of catapult, catapulted me into this industry. Um, yeah. and, it, and it's gone from there, really. Yeah. So just let me, hang on, so a cricket club, a small <laughs> cricket club, where you basically were doing jack of all trades, bit of everything, that gave you the fundamentals to that platform to then be able to go into something else. And what you picked up on there was the contacts. So it was the contacts from that cricket club. Hundred percent. Really. Yeah, it was. Um, it was actually uh, an ex cricketer, a guy called uh, Nick James. I'll give him a shout out. It was, it was his <laughs> his father who. Um, just had a, a friend that was working there at Keith Prowse, based at Edgebaston. They were hiring. Mm. And uh, I'd been pouring his pints for, for a whole season. And uh, he said, do you mind if I pass your details on? And yeah, about yeah. three weeks later, I, I got the job and, you know, had the interview and got the job and, and started working there. And it, was, it was a bit of a dream come true because, uh, I so cricket is my, my first ball. I do have a cricket ball on my desk so, really? uh, rather than a rugby ball. Player? Um, <laughs> Player or fan? No, I've tried to play and I... I'd like to think of myself as like a really quick, uh, like right arm bowler, but I'm probably more like a googly, off spin, <laughs> terrible, shocking bowler. So I, I prefer to watch on the sidelines with a gin and tonic. Really? <laughs> I love that. Um, but no, that's, that's really interesting. And I think, especially in the commercial side, that networking relationships are really cannot be underestimated. And I want to know a bit more about how do you go about building relationships within commercial because ultimately you want a sale 100 percent. um i think yeah i always try and instill this in in my team and, and anyone that i work with it's about making the connection so if you can find that one common interest that common factor um that's gonna make someone come back to you mm-hmm. it's gonna make someone say yeah I, i'm happy to pick up the phone and, and have a chat with danny um, yeah, a, a great example of this is um, a, a contact that I've still good friends with, and I rang him on a cold call. <laughs> uh, works for a big international shipping company. Uh, I rang him on a cold call, started chatting about cricket, had about a twenty minute conversation. That man has never bought a single sponsorship, a single hospitality place, even a single ticket off me. Um, but we speak regularly, even still now. And I've moved, you know, organisations uh, three times in the in in the meantime, and the amount of referrals and contacts that he's put into me mm-hmm. means that he's he's worth his weight in gold yeah. both on a personal yeah. friendship but yeah. also commercially yeah. um so you never know where where those relationships and, and connections and network is going to take you yeah. and just make sure that you you're treating people with the same level of respect and understanding sensitivity you know people people want to talk about what makes them you know what gives them passion in life yeah. find that thing yeah. chat to them about it you know get them yeah. passionate get them excited yeah. and it will stick with them and they'll remember you and I think that's really important in, in business and in, and in life in general yeah no, that's that's really interesting because I think 
from I definitely know when I started out in the world of work I didn't know that connection thing enough and I didn't spend enough time on the relationships I spent more time on the task or the outcome yeah. or the output so I think one of the things I'm interested in is how do you prioritize those relationships and prioritize the time you spend on them definitely yeah <laughs> look it's a it's a challenge I think that there's never going to be a you know one size fits all solution for no um it's it's about being it's that balance between productivity segmenting your time and making sure that you're spending your time in the right areas at mm. the right times but being efficient and, and that's all I try and say to, to anyone that's why I try and you know, live my life is right okay I need to make all of my processes all of my admin as efficient as humanly possible yeah. so that I can dedicate the rest of my time then to do the things that actually I love and enjoy which is the relationship management um, and having those conversations with people and finding out what they what makes them tick and what yeah. their goals are for the future yeah that's that's a good one I like that um so you are organized then I like my manager might not say so um <laughs> no I, I try my best to be I think it ebbs and flows depending mm. on, on what week we're in but uh, yeah I'm all about you yeah. Productivity, collaboration, yeah. efficiency, making things yeah. as simple as they can possibly be, but as effective as they can possibly be at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And I think that's really key now as we move into the digital age, especially in sports clubs, yeah. where you know through COVID, unfortunately a lot of people you know have been furloughed or they they you know been made redundant, which is awful yeah. and a real product and a symptom of the, yeah. the terrible situation that we've been in. But it has put more of a spotlight on that need. Um, to be efficient is yeah. that okay what what tasks do we prioritize what yeah. tasks actually are we wasting time on yeah. what's going to move us yeah. forward what's going to help us grow and I think it's made a lot of organizations take stock yeah. sit back and and really reevaluate what their goals are and how they're going to get there and, and get there in the most quick and efficient way possible yeah no, for sure and so with your role now at Leicester um what do you on a day-to-day basis, what is your biggest, I guess, objective within your role and your team's role? So my biggest objective is to make this club the most commercially sustainable club in rugby. And I think it's a very real ambition. I think yeah. it's an ambition that will come faster than even I anticipate. Yeah. Leicester is a club with such rich heritage, history. It's got yeah. one of the most loyal fan bases I've seen in rugby. Uh, which is absolutely blown me away uh, from when I started here. What I'm trying to do now is go, okay, we've got this fantastic depth in, in Leicester. Yeah. Um, how do we now bring that out? How do we, how do we get the breadth and the depth at the same time? Yeah. So if we do that and we build our database, we build our networks, we build our yeah. connections with yeah. people, yeah. then we're actually setting ourselves you know, in the correct position for the future where it's not the same set of fans that have been buying tickets. It's not the same partners that we've been collaborating with for you know the, the last five years and the last 10 years. It, it's widening that mm. so that actually it's the you know the kids of those fans that are now going to be the next le- set, set of fans. They're the ones that are in the rugby camps, yeah. which is a, a great starting starting point really yeah. on the journey of being a Leicester Tigers fan. Right, that child might then go be a ticket purchaser, you know, 10 years time. They might then go and work for an organization that wants hospitality or there might be a CEO of a company that wants to partner with us. And, and I think when you look at it that long term, 
it, it makes total sense. So, yeah, I think commercial sustainability is probably the, the top love, line. I love that. I'm really interested in the fan base. Can we just talk a little bit about that? Sure. Do you have, firstly, do you have the systems and technology to be able to look at the audience and the fan base? So we're in the process of implementing <laughs> yeah. lots of new systems. So, really? Um, yeah, I, I really don't think anyone would, uh, would would tell me off for saying it, but we were probably relying on a lot of individual knowledge. Yeah. So people that had worked yeah. here for, for years gone by um, that had a lot of this knowledge in their head. And I'm sure anyone now in any organisation will say that the key, the cornerstone to, to any commercial department is that CRM system. So yeah. um, we've implemented one. It was one of my first to-do list uh, tasks when I when I joined was to implement a new CRM system. <gasps> wow. And yeah, it was it was a it was a long old project, um, but it's working really well. And what is what that is giving us now is this far greater depth and insight into who our fans are, how they're spending, what they're doing, what's their behaviour. You know, are they are they coming to one or two games this season? And when they're coming here, are they buying your hats? Yeah. Are they how much are they spending in the concourses? Where are they going when they're in the stadium? Um, because that really helps then us shape like shape how we want our customer journey to yeah. be and yeah. how we make sure that our, our marketing is ever more segmented and, and personalised to, to all the fans that come and hopefully build those stronger roots of, of loyalty. And how much, just demographic-wise, what is the fan base at Leicester? So I'd say at the moment uh, it, we've got one of the oldest yep. fan bases, I think, yep. um, which is credit to the club, that yep. people are continuing to come, even in this post-COVID age or you know in the in the covid age um people are still coming in the, that that want and desire to to be a fan and be here on a match day is still there um what we you know probably need to work a little bit more on now as we go forward is engaging that younger audience and making sure that the products that we have are suited to them and they meet their needs and their requirements mm. um which we are ticking off and and mm. it's working we're seeing that come yeah. especially you know the team winning definitely helps <laughs> do you do you think i'm um, covid or any of the cultural changes in where people might be living or just the economy is having an impact on different people coming to sports events i think it is you know people have had tough times you know, people have been made redundant they've lost their jobs and yeah you know even just the cost of living's got up and, mm. and wages haven't quite uh, risen at the same same rate and you know leicestershire is a very diverse community you know, and our fan base is, is getting ever more diverse and mm. we're, we're actively you know putting events on to, to aid that and, and, and encourage it equally you know we've got fans our database actually spreads all the way to Norfolk Nottingham Derby yeah. it, it's really it is broad in terms of geographical location I'm actually quite shocked to say that it's it hasn't really affected that for the for the time being whether that is because of the, the great work we're doing off the field or yeah. it's the fantastic work that the team are doing on the field, which actually makes yeah. people make yeah. that two-hour journey on a, on a yeah. Saturday or a Sunday. Um, I think it's difficult to, to pinpoint what the, what yeah. the cause is at the yeah. moment. But yeah. either way, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, I love it. I think from my experience of going to sports events in, in the summer, especially cricket, I was noticing just the energy and the, the breadth and depth of different people there was for me was quite poignant whereas I think before it was seen as a little bit of a maybe we took for granted the ability to go and enjoy those events those Definitely. live events um, and it's anecdotal this this you know me going to Trent Bridge or something but I really feel like there is 
there was another there was a real special feeling out there when uh, everyone had gone through such a tough time so I'm hoping that you know with the Leicester Tigers maybe. I agree I think people now as well are looking for experiences and they're looking for memories rather than um seeing it as oh it's it's just a ticket that I'm buying they're going no I'm, I'm actually buying this ticket because I'm going to have a fantastic day create a really good memory I might meet a new friend my kids it's their first rugby game or yeah. you know in your case their first cricket game yeah. uh, you know the hundred did a fantastic job of that I think everyone it, it absolutely smashed it you know, anyone's expectations of what that was designed to be um and it, it is about the experience you know we're putting more and more on now as we can within guidelines and, and you know safety measures that we have to adhere to you know uh, match activations you know half-time activations we, we've just started reintroducing uh, mas- mascots to the game mm-hmm. so that means that you know you've got kids from all the local rugby camps and rugby um, uh, clubs that could come and be on the pitch which is a fantastic Same. experience for them um, and like I say it's going to hopefully create fans for life. So I'm, I think we can all say that it's been an extremely well, exciting time, I think, since we've been starting to be able to do things again. You've obviously got this job at Leicester Tigers. What, um, I think I'd like to understand what you love most about your job. What, what do you really get you up in the morning? What, what is it? I think two things. I mean, number one is, is match days. If you, if you work in sport and don't love the event days, the match days whatever it is, then what are you doing? It is, that is what you live and, live and breathe for, basically, is to watch the culmination of all your hard work materialise in front of your eyes. And it's, it's something that's really unique and special to sport. There's not many other jobs or industries where you, you can see it in such a tangible way. Um, but also, secondly, I like to always be working, um, whether it's for an organisation or in the role that I'm in, where I, I, I know I can make a real big impact and a at a change that is positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do we improve things? How do we make our processes streamlined? How do we you know, train the team up and, and get them the skills that they need to progress in their career? Um, and, and working at a club that is so kind of diverse in you know, mm. roles and responsibilities and events and things that we have here at the stadium, um, it's a, a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. And if someone was looking to get into a job like yours or even a job you know, working at Leicester Tigers in some way, what would your advice be to that to that person if they were looking to, to get into it? I think network, 100% is, is network. You know, start talking to, um, start talking to people like me, people like you, yeah. you know, the people that have, have been doing this job for, for, for years now, um, that have got a little bit of experience and can impart that, and I'm sure you'll agree, we're mm. all more than willing to, and it's the proactive that you've got about that by reaching out whether it's on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever it might be you know write a letter in I think those kind of things are so unique it will mm. make you stand out and it will show that you've got that real drive and passion for, for the sport and the, the role that you're trying to get into yeah I think so and I think it's not going to come to you is it 100% yeah it's it's I try and talk about that a lot now um, and I still don't think I still think there's a barrier there to a lot of people. There is. Every, everyone wants to work in sport. Everyone would love it. You know, everyone thinks it's really glamorous. And, God, it's, it's not at times. <laughs> it's definitely not at times. Uh, there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that, that go into working in sport. Um, but it is exciting and it's so rewarding. But you've got to, you've got to live and breathe it. You know, 
even the yeah, Tiger's values kind of sum it up really, which is you club first, um, driven, passionate, tough. If you can be all of those things, then you will succeed in sport. But you, you've got to take that proactive measure. You, you've got to put yourself in front of the people that you need to put yourself in front of. Mm. Like I say, I think the unique things now are what stand out. Mm. You, know, you, you can send a LinkedIn request and let mm. LinkedIn message probably get lost. You know, it might be, um, you know, it might get picked up, it might not. You know, people are busy, but I, I always say to people, just write a letter. It only mm. needs to be short line. It will land on someone's desk. Everyone likes getting a letter. You know, I've had it in my career and I'm, I'm more than happy to pick up the phone or invite that person to the stadium and just give them an insight. And you never know where that might lead. It might not be a job at that club that you contacted, but that person has a network. That person knows other people within the industry that are hiring. And that's what's important. That's what's going to get you that role that you want. Yeah, no. I like that. I might try that. Um, <laughs> So we're looking, if we look at the sort of take more of a macro view of the sports industry now, I guess trying to like raise our head above, yeah. um, what do you think will be the biggest change in the next 10, 20, 30 years? Take your pick, whatever that might be. Um, one major change for the sports industry as a whole. Is there anything you... I think it's got to be technology, digital you know, you see the rise of diverse revenue streams and NFTs, you know, if, if anyone claims to understand that, I, well, teach me, uh, I'm still learning or trying to, um, but it, it, it's how you, it's how sports organisations can, can bring their sport to the fan from their living room, their sofa, you know, through their phone, through their laptop, through their TV, um, all of those different tips and tricks now, which I think they were coming and they were emerging, but COVID has definitely accelerated that. Uh, it's been a real shift in mindset. Um, and it's going to help clubs be sustainable. It's going to help organisations be sustainable. You know, NGBs are having to do the same thing, you know, as, as, as you know, we were talking about it earlier. Um, keeping that engagement level high, that is technology. I, I, I struggle to see how we'll ever be able to, to move away from that now. It, it's going to be, become the prerequisite. And, yeah, so you're going to grow. And how do you, within commercial industry, how do you stay abreast of changes whilst you're doing all the day-to-day? -day? How do you make sure that you are on top of, I guess, knowledge? and combination of things, I think. You know, talking to peers, I think, is a, a real valuable one. Um, you know, people that are at the cold face in their respective sports or um, respective you know, levels within the, the sports ecosystem, uh, that's really important. But also you know, keeping abreast of the, the latest news. And it's dead easy, isn't it, now to sign up and subscribe to all these major uh, publications that will just drop in your inbox. It only takes five or ten minutes to look over those, those top headlines. That gives you, gives you a, a direction in which to be focusing your attentions and making sure you're doing the right research in the right places. Yeah, and is there any club or um, rights holder or anyone that that you look up to as a really that best practice example or someone that does it really well? Doesn't have to be rugby, but yeah, I think I think a couple that stand out at the moment. Obviously, you know, Premier League, the FA, you know, they they do it very well. They they are kind of leaps and bounds ahead of of everyone else, but they have had a big podium and 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 leg up on it because of the the size of of football. Other organisations that are probably smaller and rights holders that, that are doing a fantastic job at it at the moment, I think 
um, England netball, I think you're doing a very good job. So with yeah. the whole rebrand, you know, they, they've refreshed their whole piece around yeah. what what is their fan, what is their demographic, how are they going to grow that and expand it. Um, you know, the introduction of, of men's netball as well, yeah. uh, I think shocked a lot of people, but it was the right thing to do, in my opinion. And I think it, it really showed that equality, yeah. um, a value that they're really pushing. Um, and they've gone very digital as well, which, which really, really helped. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting on that. I think that's something that I definitely struggle with during COVID was it was so busy on the day-to-day operational. It was like, how do you take your head above and look at other things and actually take stock and Absolutely. reflect? Um, so just a bit about kind of you as your careers, you know, you've, you're in a role now that you really enjoy, you're buzzing, Leicester Tigers <laughs> are doing great. Um, if you reflect back now on on your career is there anything you wish you'd done differently you know i i probably wouldn't say there there is Uh, i've enjoyed every every role that i've had i've enjoyed every single organization that i've worked for 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 different reasons but i probably wouldn't change anything i think everything has taught me valuable skills and things that i've learned from and been able to grow from um which i'm really privileged to be able to say that i think um, yeah, I still have very good relationships with all the, you know, all the organisations that I work with, and it's it's lovely to be able to to leave on nice terms and still be able to pick up the phone and have a a chat with those people about the state of the industry or what's going on in in their world, uh, yeah. just understand a bit more. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, no, I'm I'm pretty happy with with yeah. where I've got to. Yeah, That's brilliant. And if you had to give yourself a bit of advice, your younger self, a bit of advice, uh, what would that be? Oh, one I've had to learn the hard way, I think, is, is work-life balance. It's very easy working in sport to get all consumed by it. Um, and it's something that I think you've got to be really conscious of. Mm. It's making sure that you're not... You may be thinking about your job 24-7 and you may have all these ideas that you want to implement and you, know, you may feel like there's, there's not enough time in the day and I still sometimes do feel like that. Um, but it's... I think COVID probably has taught everyone a similar kind of message or lesson is that you've got to make sure that you're making time as well outside of that giving yourself the downtime and yeah. don't burn out yeah. and, and yeah. spend time with your friends and yeah. family uh how do you switch off then uh i'll come back to you on that when i figure it out really <laughs> but on a serious note is there anything you've done during covid or anything you've taken up that has helped you with switch off so do you know so i did i Started going to the driver range. I know you're into your golf. <laughs> Definitely started. Yeah, I used to play quite a bit and, and let it drop. And yeah. COVID freed up a little bit of time to be able to do that, which yeah. was which was really nice. And if there's ever a mental challenge that you want, it's golf, isn't it? it definitely yeah. focuses you yeah. intensely. Yeah. Um, but the other thing which I'm still loving doing, and it's what I really missed about having to work from home. You know, when we were all locked down and we literally couldn't leave, um, I kind of missed the commute. Yeah. So now, you know, I have, I have an hour commute to, to get here every day, but I sit in the car, no radio, no nothing, and I'm kind of alone with my thoughts, and it gives me that time to think outside the box. Like you say, take that kind of macro view mm. of whether it's my role, whether it's the club itself, or, or, or even beyond that, um, and have those ideas that would never come to me in, in the normal working day, because there's questions being asked or there's yeah. a task that needs to be done or yeah. whatever it might be. So yeah, they're probably my, my two that are keeping me sane. That's really interesting. I guess it's a bit of 
well, whether you want to call it meditation, actually it is, isn't it? You. I, I was thinking that this morning. <laughs> I was like, is this this is the new very meditation? Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> no, and, I, and that takes me on to actually something I did want to pick up with you, with which I know is quite topical at the moment. Hybrid working. Yeah. How do less? How have Leicester Tigers approached this new? Um, well, are they doing hybrid working? Is it mandatory to be in the office now? So, we are taking the approach that you know when you need to be in the office being in the office um you know it obviously always helps to have that collaboration between team members face to face there's topics that you would probably wouldn't bother picking up the phone to discuss but they're useful and if you're face to face you will um there are no uh, kind of mandatory bits that, that have been been placed in from our side mm. but actually what's been interesting is that majority of people want to come into the office mm. and that's credit to the culture that, that they've got here and that people want to be here people want to be working together and um and actually be present and yeah we've got a nice view to look out on so <laughs> so so are you how are you taking that are you how often are you coming in uh, I tend to have one day at home. Okay. Yeah, one day at home and, and, and four days in the office. Well, obviously, not much days as well, always in for those. Um, but that, that day at home generally is uh, probably more of a, an admin catch-up day. Mm. And it's just to make sure that I'm on track with getting all those meetings and those conversations that I've had on the Monday and the Tuesday or, or yeah. whatever I'm getting caught up on and, and that everything's being action going forward. Mm. Okay, I, I, I like that. I think... It sounds like the culture is in a good place that people want to come in and collaborate. I know it's varied across the sector at the moment, but I think it's something that a lot of organisations are tweaking with to try and make sure they get the right balance there because it's definitely a big shift um, for a lot of companies. Um, So that's fascinating. Thank you for that. I've just got a couple more questions. Um, If you were giving... I know we talked about that piece of advice that you said around being proactive and networking is there any I guess softer skill or characteristic that you think people need to develop or something that you've definitely worked on that has made you more successful um I'm just interested in what you think that might be so I think for me it would be just treat people how you want to be treated treat them with respect yeah everyone loves a hi hello how are you uh, a smile when you're walking into the office and and it, it needs to be everyone i i tend to pride myself on treating everyone the same whether they're the ceo or the you know the, the, the car park attendant you know everyone has their value everyone has their place in the organization and if one of those cogs isn't there mm-hmm. things fall apart things don't work as smoothly as they can so definitely just just treat people with, with respect because you, you never know what that's going to bring you you never know you know who that person is or you know what they say about you your reputation is really key and it, and it really doesn't hurt it doesn't mm. take an awful lot just to be kind and be nice yeah. definitely i think that is a very simple piece of advice that i wish i worked on more in my early sort of start of career so i think that's really yeah good one um and finally, is there any, have you got any funny anecdotes or uh, stories or anything that no one would know about at Leicester Tigers that you're allowed oh. to share? <laughs> um, Leicester Tigers specifically um, might be a tough one. Yeah, or anywhere else. Yeah, I've got, I have, I've got a good one actually from uh, when I worked at Keith Prowse. So yeah. um, working at Keith Prowse, obviously a cricket fan, I was based at Edgbaston, it was the Ashes year, so 2015. 
and uh, we had a, a fantastic safe, safety officer at uh, Edgebaston who actually now does work here as well, which is yeah. which is lovely. And um, he's he always does this fantastic match day brief and with cricket. There's a lot of uh, kind of betting fixes and scandals, and mm-hmm. if you see anyone that's that's constantly on their phone or their laptop, you've got to report it into control room. And I was young, hungry. I was like, right, I'm going to be on it. I'm going to make sure that I'm watching everything. And there was this bloke in, uh, in the 1882 club at Edgebaston who was uh, on his laptop. He was working and he got one of those screen visors on where it, the security things. Uh-huh. And I was there watching going, this is definitely like t- fixing the, the betting going on. And I was ringing around the radio going, David, David, there's a, there's, there's a man, he's, he's fixing the bets in, um, in 1882. And kind of, you know, quite heavy amount of security came in in case there needs to be an ejection. And it was just some poor bloke who'd had a mare at work and I was there dobbing him in and it absolutely wasn't. And I felt horrendously embarrassed <laughs> um, and that I'd caused all this commotion and, and dragged poor David out of the control room just to come and harass someone that was just trying to get a bit of work done. Um, so I've definitely learnt my lesson from that. So, yeah. Take in a little bit more information before you start yeah. jumping to conclusions. <laughs> no, I, that's really interesting. I definitely remember once being at a cricket game and seeing someone on a laptop yeah. tapping away, so maybe I should have reported that. That's it, that's it. And now <laughs> you know. I now I know. Thank, no, that's a, really, that's a good one. Um, no, thank you, Daniela. That's been a really interesting insight into your career and you know what some of the key things that people need to be thinking about, especially if they want to work in commercial. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, I'm you. I'm really excited for Leicester Tigers, um, and hopefully I will see you at a game day very soon. Definitely, um, I'm sure I can sort a couple of tickets out. Don't <laughs> thank <worry>. you, <laughs> um, and I'll get you on the golf course. But, but excellent, yeah. But thanks for your me. time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Daniela had so much useful knowledge and experience to share that I hope you all found useful. And I think for me, the key point was just emphasising how simple it can be to build strong, long-lasting relationships and you never know how they may help you in the future. I think it's something we can all underestimate at times. To find out more about Daniela, check out the show notes and I really hope you enjoyed the episode.